0: Hello and welcome to Car Talk from National Public Radio with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers. And we're broadcasting this week from the Two Birds with One Stone department here at Car Talk Plaza.
1: Yes, we are. And as you may be aware, there are several significant challenges facing this country in the next few decades. I mean, first of all, we're dependent on imported oil. Bad news, right? Absolutely. No question. It has to be solved. Also, you may know that America has an obesity epidemic. Mm-hmm. We've become a nation of lard butts. <laughs> and it's causing health problems and diabetes and all that.
0: It's also making it murder to ride in the middle seat in
1: an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, a Norwegian businessman, okay, what's his name? Wari Vinoy, says, get this. Fat Americans may be a renewable energy resource. Mm. He's turning fat from liposuction... You ready for this? Into biodiesel.
0: How do you like them? So what do they do? Just hook you up, fasten seatbelt, insert vacuum tube.
1: <laughs> well, I was thinking if if they could do that, it would be great news for you. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be able to drive forever. You'd never have to stop. You'd just swing by and wave at us every few days. Hook
0: oh, me right up to the tank. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that reminds me of a letter uh, that I have here somewhere. H- here it is. You, you may remember that some months ago, I proposed a graduated gasoline tax. Yeah, right I there? remember. And the purpose of it was to wean us off fossil fuels and support renewable energy and all kinds of other important stuff. Well, a listener named G. Hayes wrote the following. Dear guys, yeah. I have a better idea. If we could just render the fat in your heads, we could make enough biofuel to power the country for, like, several years. <laughs> there is something in there. <laughs> anyway, if you have a question about your car, give us a call. The number is 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk.
2: Hi, guys. My name is Aurora. Aurora. Aurora.
0: How are you, Aurora? As in Aurora?
2: As in Aurora. As in the Borealis.
0: Yes. Wow. Where are you uh, from? As in Colorado.
2: Well, right. As in Colorado and as in Illinois, but I'm actually from Wheaton, Illinois.
0: Okay. Uh-huh. So, we're, wherever that is, we're, we're with you.
2: Okay. Well, I have a 92 Dodge Spirit, and sometimes it only starts in neutral.
1: As opposed to park?
2: As a, right. As opposed to, like, a normal car yeah. is supposed to start. It's automatic
1: so, transmission.
2: Right. Automatic. Yep. About two years ago, it just wasn't starting at all, and I didn't know that the trick was to put it in neutral, so I took it to, like, a bunch of different shops, and we got the battery cables replaced, got a bunch of new different starters on it.
1: Wait, when it didn't start, if you turned the key to start position, right, nothing would happen.
2: Right, nothing would happen. Okay. Sometimes, like, once in a while, I could get lights and the radio, so I was pretty sure it wasn't the
0: battery. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. You get, oh, really? So even even though it wouldn't start, in addition to it not starting, rather, you would also have no lights and radio or anything. Sometimes, but that was like really rare. Because mm, the thing that is currently wrong with it, we believe, we believe, yeah, Okay. is, is not associated with you not having lights and radio. Right. That that usually is a bad connection. And you may battery. have made that up.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm a big liar, after all. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We know that. Yeah. yeah. So you need
1: a neutral safety switch.
0: Really? Yeah. Yeah, the neutral safety switch is the switch that prevents you from starting it in park, in anything other than park or neutral. So you can't start it in drive, reverse, and go and smash into somebody. Right,
2: right, which you I know. would do.
0: Which you would do, right, if you had your choice. Of course. Yeah. You know, so so it, so it the part of the switch that allows it to start in park is just worn out, or the shifter is out of adjustment. So that even though you're in park, you're not in far enough to activate the switch.
2: And- Okay, that was kind of my dad's guess.
0: Yeah, he's right. He's Whoa. Well, he, he, whoa. <laughs> he could be right. So, so in fact, when you put it in neutral, does it always start up in neutral, or do you have to jiggle it around in neutral even?
2: Um, some Like once in a while, I have to jiggle around just a little bit, yeah. but it's usually a pretty reliable start. If I'm going to put it in neutral, yeah. it'll start.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, it, it's it's so, what you it's, need. It sounds like the shifter cable may be out of adjustment. Uh, or or maybe the or you have a bad motor mount and and everything the whole transmission and engine is moved enough so that you're not getting into park and it, and it's somewhat dangerous because okay. if it's not going into park enough to start the car it might not be going into park enough to hold the car on a hill. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So so if it, if it's not an electrical problem but rather a mechanical problem, yeah, you got to make sure you fix it.
2: Okay. So this is like the real deal that I should get checked out then.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, and if they put a switch in it and that doesn't fix it, then it's it's the kind of a problem that might be a motor mount or something like okay. that.
2: Okay. Well how much do you think that's gonna cost me?
0: Uh. What do you figure the car is worth? <laughs>
2: <laughs> See, that's like the eternal question with this car. I don't even know at this point.
0: Well, what would be your old alt- if if they were to tell you that this was going to be let's pick a number out of the air three hundred bucks. Fifteen hundred. <laughs> <laughs> if they told you it were going to be fifteen hundred, would you fix it?
2: Oh, probably not. It has
0: other problems too. Uh, what's how about your three hundred? What's your upper bound here? Maybe five hundred. Really? Oh. oh, you're in business. Yeah. I think no matter what it is, even if it's a combination, no matter of these what things, it
1: is, it's going to cost less than five hundred bucks.
0: Okay. And well, I pull- hope
2: my mechanic doesn't hear that. That that's my upper limit.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh no!
0: No, <laughs> we won't tell him.
2: <laughs> okay. They all okay.
0: have access to our website. Actually, <laughs> we'll be <Yeah>. emailing him. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Good great. luck, Aurora. Thank you very much. <laughs> See you later. Okay. Bye. Bye. Eight 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 car talk. That's eight eight eight.
1: I wonder how long she's had that problem. I it, meant to ask her that. And, it sounded
0: and like she had it for years. Well, you know, when a car gets to be a certain age, you, you, you kind of let forget. things slide. You do. For, I just wanted, for example, yeah. How long has it been since your windshield wipers <laughs> on your MG? I
1: just. Well, it's interesting that you should mention that because I was thinking of exactly the same thing. I haven't had windshield wipers for a year.
0: So you just well, don't drive in the room? How do
1: I manage? The answer is I can manually do it.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Which is a royal pain in the
0: butt. Yeah.
1: Because you have got to be shifting and turning the wheel and
0: running. A... <laughs> oh, and manually operating the wipers, which they have that little lever on. Exactly. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would explain. But I all have the... it
1: on my schedule of things to do: buy a new.
0: Wiper motor. That would explain all the fender yeah. benders you've had. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Trying to operate the shift of the steering wheel and the wiper motor at the same time. Eight <laughs> eight eight car talk. That's eight eight and smoking a cigar too. That's eight 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 two two seven eight two five five. Hello, you're on Car Talk.
3: Hi, this is Alan calling from Los Angeles, California.
0: A L A N?
3: A L A N, that is correct, and you're probably one of the only people that can know to spell it that way.
0: But it's just a wild guess. My brother's got the Catherine business nailed. <laughs> exactly. you know, so I'm, I'm working on the Allens. From Los Angeles. Okay. Well,
3: guys, I drive a 1990 Volvo 740 Turbo, and this is the car of mystery because it gives me tons of problems, and it's only the very few and knowledgeable that can fix it. So this yeah. problem is uh, when I start the car up in the morning, I notice that it's been making this very loud creaking sound, and when I drive the car under about 40 miles an hour, I notice that it feels like it's having problems shifting gears.
1: Wait, wait. The creaking sound, that th- that happens when you start the car or when the car starts moving?
3: It generally happens when the car starts moving. Okay, Occasionally at gotcha. stop lights or at stop signs, if I'm stationary for a while, it'll make the sound. But generally, it's while I'm moving, and it's usually under 40 miles an hour.
0: Yeah, okay. So, it, so it, it's a creaking that's... Well, give me the frequency of it. If you're going at, say... 10 miles an hour or or less. Does it have to be?
3: Exactly. It's kind of like like a deep moaning creaking sound, like someone just kind of like, you know, threw a piece of metal in the engine. It's getting, you know, just shredded through or something like that.
0: (laughs) And if you (laughs) go from 10 miles an hour to 20 miles an hour, does the creaking double in frequency?
3: No, it's actually something that changes the pitch, the frequency, the sound of it stays the same no matter what mileage I'm, I'm at, under about 40 miles an hour. But the interesting thing is once I got the car running for a little bit, And especially when I'm on the highway and I get the car above 40 miles an hour, the sound disappears, the car runs like it's totally
0: fine. It does, huh? Yeah. Well, I'm not so sure you have a perspective on what's totally fine anymore (laughs) if you're driving
3: a 92. You know, that's what my my father said. Far be it from me, I'm 20 years old. My dad said, yeah, you don't really know what's going on just yet.
0: (laughs) She's what what I think may be happening, uh, and you say it, it seems like it isn't shifting.
3: It seems like it is shifting. And the other thing that I feel is when I'm driving the car again, this is, this is for about the first 10 minutes of having the car running. It also feels like sometimes it feels like when it's shifting gears, it's not catching, like something's slipping, and then all of a sudden it feels like someone just reached under my car and yanked me forward.
0: Uh-huh. I think you may have two problems. Okay. Uh, one, I'll, well, I'll just give you the answer to one of them because I don't think you're going to like the, <laughs> the other one. <laughs> okay. Well, the first thing I'd suggest is that you check the transmission oil level. Okay because it sounds like you could be low on transmission oil and that would indeed cause part of the problem you have that is the feeling that it isn't shifting or there's a delayed shift or it doesn't shift well when it's cold and if you're if you're a quart and a half low on transmission fluid that'll do it that'll do it exactly okay but the creaking noise i think is not related to that i think the creaking noise may be a seized universal joint you know this this ah. is a rear wheel drive car and it has a drive shaft and it and it has i think this thing has three universal joints so that when you start to move, if one of the joints won't flex, you'll get that, uh, 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 and then when you right. drive at high speed, it's being drowned out by all the other noises that the car is making, and it's you may and it's going so fast that you don't hear it anymore. Right. So that uh, 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 is now. Uh, yeah. And you're not hearing it because it's being drowned out, but you may notice if you can sort this out from among all the other things that it's doing that the car has a vibration at high speed. It does. It does, uh-huh. there you does. go. Okay. I think it's a seized U-joint,
1: and you should get And you, sh- you can find this out.
0: Your mechanic can find
1: this out by putting it up on the lift and playing around.
0: All right. Yeah, and then you, when he tells you how much it is to replace those and rebuild the transmission, you'll be looking for another car. <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime, you should get this fixed because the joint could break. Okay. And that would be bad. Uh, I would imagine so. Yeah, and if your transmission's low on oil... It's it you know that's not good either. Right. So while this is a relatively inexpensive thing, rebuilding the transmission is many hundreds.
1: Yes. So yeah. if, it's,
0: if if it's low on oil, get that topped up and find out why it's leaking. Right. But I don't think he's. And gonna while lie. it's up in the air, they'll find all the other 25 leaks <laughs> <that>. <laughs> The
3: car of mysteries never failed to surprise. Me. Oh
0: no, no, this is a good first car to own. It is. Yes. Because it, you you will get a a full uh complement of problems with this car. Yeah. So you know so you you'll you'll learn how all the different systems work. Oh, yeah. And I think that that's important for a car owner. Oh, but yeah. I don't no, think definitely. this
1: is going to cost you a fortune to fix.
0: It, it, it's, it's not that
3: bad. There's only been a couple major things done with the car, but For the most part, it's been small things here and there, one after the other. But, yes, in the, yeah. in, during the time I've had it, there's been a lot to be learned about this car.
0: Yeah. Well, that's good. You'll be an expert. You'll, you'll be ready to get a job at a Volvo dealer I know. Hopefully, <laughs> you know. See you, Alan. All right. Take care, guys. Good luck. All right. 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888 888- Two two seven eight two five five. a lawyer on cart.
4: Hey guys, how are you doing? This is Siobhan. I'm calling from Hattiesburg, Mississippi.
0: Siobhan. Siobhan. Yes. Yeah, that's a Celtic name.
4: It, yes, it is. Excellent. Yes, it is. I was named for the great Irish actress.
0: Yes. And, oh, and, yeah. And where are
4: you from again? Uh, Hattiesburg, Mississippi.
0: Hattiesburg. Yes.
4: And I am very blessed to drive a 1966 Chevy Bel Air with 63,000 miles on her.
0: <laughs> no kidding.
1: My name, eh? name
4: is Miss Kate.
1: Miss Kate.
4: And she truly is a dream boat. And I have a question because I always like to run lead substitute in her because of the nature of the world these days. And every now and then I like to run a carburetor cleaner called Lucas through it. And I've been told by some guys at the parts store that that's too many additives to run through it one
0: time. Well, it's like if you're taking too many medications, you know, you have to worry about drug interaction here. Absolutely. <laughs> but so, I don't think you have to worry much. I don't think so either. So, so you're putting in the lead additive so that your valves won't get ruined, Absolutely. Huh? How, how How many miles a, a day or how many miles a year do you drive this thing?
4: Well, I take her around town for the most part. I sure wish she could see the country because for the first 30 years of her life, she took care of a nice old lady with polio ah but uh, i don't know i run about you know 40 50 miles a day and i really would like to take her on the road but i haven't done that yet
0: oh so you do drive quite a bit around town uh, yeah, oh yes i mean this is your only means of transportation
4: why would i need any other <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and well so what's the problem
4: well i just like to run two different additives at one time and i've been told that that's too much but she doesn't seem to mind
0: well the carburetor yeah. cleaner i don't think you need unless you you have a problem I mean, we don't you know there, there are enough cleaners in the gasoline and and you know, modern gasoline, because of all the cars now, except for relics like yours, are fuel injected, have lots of cleaners in them and lots of detergents to keep gums and varnishes from building up.
4: And I prefer to think of her as a great lady of the road.
0: <laughs> oh, well, I, do, I, I appreciate that, but, but the fact of the matter is that you don't need to do anything insofar as adding anything to the gasoline, unless you're burning gasoline that you bought in 1966. But the lead substitute <laughs> is still a good idea. The lead substitute might not be a bad idea, but if you're doing just around town kind of driving, uh huh, I don't think you need to worry about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was a big fake. I mean, everyone was worried about replacing the lead. But it, was,
0: it turned out not to be a big deal at all. Okay. Tommy's car is been burning on Ex- un, exactly. un- unleaded gasoline. Of course, he did blow a couple of head gas. <laughs> but, but that's another story. But I don't think you need to put the lead additive in necessarily, and you, you certainly don't need the carburetor cleaner. As good as it may be, it should be reserved for when you have a problem with the carburetor.
4: I do know, notice that it could be on my imagination, but it does seem to run better on a higher grade of gasoline.
0: What engine do you have in this thing? You uh, have, 283. A two eighty three, oh, well, beautiful could, engine. Oh yeah, well, you, it may run better on the higher octane. Yes. Yeah, because it probably won't ping as much.
4: I've never heard of ping. Every now and then she'll cough and spit.
0: Ah. Well, I, my brother does that <laughs> too. But but, but uh, if it doesn't ping even with the low octane, then use the, use the lower stuff. Yeah. You don't need to waste the money on higher octane. Oh, well, sounds
4: good because I don't have a lot of money to waste. And yeah. save your
0: money on all those additives. Sounds great. You'll save them for the valve job you're going to need. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I love you, show. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks I for calling. I wish you the
0: very best. That's a nice car. Oh, I'm blessed. See you, Siobhan. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, hey, look, it- it's time for me to ask, Tommy. Do you remember last week's puzzler? Well, now that you mention it, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think so. Remind me. I mean, give me a few details. See if it shakes something loose here. Everything's already loose. <laughs> well, here's a here's a hint. It takes place in Romania. Romania? What?
1: Uh, all right. Was it? Did it have something to do with Boris Karloff's Tercel? <laughs>
0: I have no idea what it was. Well, that was a good guess, though. <laughs> it had to do with English versus metric measurements in Romania, and I'll have all the details and more of your car questions in just a minute. So please, stay tuned. It just a year ago, going for a song. 190,000 miles still going strong.
1: Pulling out of a parking lot, a man did say Car's gonna save your life one day Come on, let's go Hi,
0: we're back. You're listening to Car Talk with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers, and we're here to talk about cars, car repair, and, of course, the answer to last week's Puzzler. Yeah. And the kernel of this puzzler was sent in by a, a fellow named Kenneth Lutson. I wanted to mention his name because otherwise he probably wouldn't even recognize his puzzler. <laughs> so this is yours, Ken. In the good old U.S. of A., we, we, we still use something called the British system of measurement. You know, the mile, the gallon, the bushel, the inch, the rod the pink water. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, the entire civilized world has embraced the elegant simplicity of the metric system. Yeah. Now, as you might imagine, for for many years, American car manufacturers stuck by the British system as as long as they could. You know, they used three inch bolts, and measured engines in cubic inches. But eventually, due to globalization, even the Americans gave in And switch to metric sizes yes they did so that practically every nut and bolt on American cars is now measured in millimeters and even torque specifications are now given in Newton meters as opposed to foot pounds now Kenneth you remember Kenneth (laughs) yeah this is Kenneth's puzzler (laughs) he doesn't know that yet
1: (laughs) he might (laughs) recognize
0: well I have to give the background you know the obfuscations and all that Kenneth travels quite a bit and spends a lot of time in Bucharest Romania Mm-hmm. Where to my knowledge, they've never used the British system of weights and measures. Anyway, while uh, being chauffeured around town one day and sitting in traffic, I noticed something interesting. I noticed that every car in the streets of Bucharest, from the lowly dacha where none of the body parts quite fit, to the high-end Mercedes, is using the British system of measurement. That's right. There was something on every single one of those cars that was not metric and the question is what is it i think i know the answer to this well i bet you do what he noticed being chauffeured around is when he was sitting in traffic he looked over exactly and noticed <laughs> the tires the tires on the cars that were next to him yeah and just like tires in this country are half metric because in yeah. half english so if you have a tire that's, say a, a 225 15 the 225 is in millimeters and, and that the signifies is inches fifteen? Is in inches, and that's the size of the wheel or the size of the hole in the tire. Yeah, it's fifteen inches. Even though the rest of the tire is, isn't that interesting? Is in millimeters, and it's some agreement that's been struck between the Europeans and us. Now I'm sure in in, in Asia you'll find tires whose wheels are not measured in inches, but all the Asian cars that come here used the system that we, in the Europeans, use. Pretty cute, eh? Now I'm sure we're gonna get a thousand emails and say, "Oh, there are a windshield wiper blades and <laughs> inches and all that." So but it's just the, I, as far as I know, it's the wheels and the tires. <laughs> I'm sticking with it. So who's our winner?
1: Well, our winner this week is Kate Imholt from Washington D.C., and for having her answer selected at random from among all the correct answers we got, Kate is going to get a twenty-six dollar gift certificate to the Shameless Commerce Division at Cartalk.com, with which she can get a classic old-fashioned brass tire gauge. Ooh, yeah. This is the most serious tire gauge you can get. (laughs) An old-fashioned dial gauge made of brass with a rubber protective cover and a sturdy hose coming off of it. It's so reliable, in fact, I use it to check my blood pressure, too.
0: Oh, yeah? What is your blood pressure? 32 PSI over 80. <laughs> I think you need to gut down on the salt. <laughs> anyway, we, we have a brand-new puzzler coming up in the third half of the show, so stay with us. In the meantime, you can call us about your car at 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888 Hello, you're on Car Talk.
5: Hi, guys. How are you? This is Jennifer calling from Chicago.
0: Okay, give wait, us, wait, what, give us what? We did a spelling here.
5: Jennifer, G is in Grace. I A N O F as in Francis E R.
0: Jennifer, I love it.
5: My parents were hippies.
0: And did they make
1: up this name or what? Well, of course. It's
5: John is the first person in our family who was free, and supposedly Fur is what the tribe were descended from changed. So it's John of Fur. Jennifer.
0: John of Fur, I love it. Thank you. I love it. And where are you from again? I'm from Chicago. Oh, Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's going on, Jennifer? Well, I
5: have a 1983 Volvo Turbo sedan.
0: Gee, this is old car day. <laughs> well, I'm um, cheap. 80, no, no, that's okay. 80, <laughs> 83 Volvo. God. Well, I paid $600 for her about
5: two years ago, and what's happening is that it's burning an exorbitant amount of gas. Gas? Yes. Yeah, almost twice as much as it should be burning.
1: Which is how much?
5: Well, usually, um, winter, I get maybe 250 to a tank. Summertime, 270, two seventy, two eighty. Now I'm looking for gas stations at 151 miles. Oh, really? Yeah. And see, the extra added bonus is that the the gas gauge is broken, and we can't find one because the car is so old. And so I do it by mileage.
1: Yeah. So, and, so, and you've had this 250 to 270 miles
0: per tankful for two years? For about
5: two years. I got a notice for the emissions test, took it, it failed four times.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, I was going to guess uh-huh. it, it was going to fail.
5: Right. So then we finally got it to pass the emissions test, but it's still burning way too much gas. Now Who did
0: they, who did they bribe? <laughs> <laughs> and, and when it failed the emissions test, what did they do to get it to pass? Oh, the
5: first time it was muffler, tune-up, catalytic converter. Second time it was fuel injectors and a gasket, the main, like, head gasket. Oh. And then the third time, they did timing, and they did something else with the fuel injectors, and then it passed. But it still – it left me stranded about 50 miles outside of town, and oh. it did the same thing. It ran out of gas.
0: Oh, I see. At uh. about
5: 171 miles.
0: So now huh. so now you're getting about uh... – you're getting a little better than half the mileage you used to
5: yes. get. Yes, and so I took it in, they checked everything, they said everything was strong, they couldn't figure out what was wrong with it, and so now instead of risking it, I just stopped at like 151 and put gas in it. Yeah. That's ex- that's expensive. Well,
0: we're going to give you one fix that may be cheap, and if it isn't that, you might want to leave it because <laughs> the alternative may be a lot more expensive. But you're taking this thing to a place that has worked on this car for a while? They've
5: worked on every, I've always driven old Volvos because I think they're cute. And I know them, and I know that they know my car, so I feel safe driving you know older cars,
6: mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. but
5: um. They fixed every car I've ever had, and they've, I've never, ever had a problem with them. I send all my friends to them. They're great people. And they'll, I can tell them, you know what, keep my car for a week, drive it like it's your own, and just figure out what's wrong with it.
0: Well, Good. if they were driving it like it's their own, they may drive it into the river. <laughs> 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 drive it like it's your own. No, I, I'm going to suggest something that they may have overlooked, and it's something that we have overlooked many times in diagnosing cars that get poor mileage, and that is it, it, you could easily have a bad thermostat. So that the engine isn't reaching operating temperature. And,
1: and that'll get you lousy mileage every time. Well, you
5: know, I look at my gauges a lot, and you know what I've noticed? is that it runs, even though the car's not running hot, the gauge, the temperature will be way up, and then all of a sudden it'll shoot way down, and then it just evens out at some point in the drive.
0: uh uh-huh. Oh, yeah, well, you could, have, you could have a thermostat that's stuck, stuck. And, or, or opening up way too early. Okay. So you should have them change that. I mean, it's relatively inexpensive. Well, at this
5: point, at, at <laughs> anything this point. is
0: inexpensive. <laughs> well, I mean, the fact that they've changed the, the uh, fuel injectors and they've changed the uh, catalytic converter, I mean, you've got thousands into this car now. I know, and I paid 600 for
5: it.
0: Yeah, I yeah it's spent
5: like $9.50 on a car that I've paid to. But I've only <laughs> had problems like this last summer. I've had it for two years with no problem.
0: Well, I, yeah. I would i would try the thermostat. That may do it. Okay. Good
5: luck. All right. Thank you so much. Be well.
0: All right, you too. Bye-bye. 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 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888 Eighty-two fifty-five. A lawyer on car talk.
7: Hey, how you doing, guys? My name is John, and I'm down here in King George, Virginia. Hey, John. I have a two thousand Honda CRV. It's equipped with what they call real-time four-wheel drive. I've got about ninety-two thousand miles on it. When I uh, go to make a hard U-turn, like when I'm making my uh, turn, turn my wheels to the stops, either left or right. I hear this loud squeaking noise. Yeah. And when I'm going to the left, it sounds like it's coming from the right. And when I'm going to the right, it sounds like I'm coming yeah. from the left. I had a tape recorder in the car and I turned it on to make to try to record this sound. And hey, you want me to try to play that for you?
0: Absolutely. Oh, sure. Why not? Okay. We love music. Okay, yeah.
7: <laughs> well, this is some kind of music, I'll tell you. Here we go now. It's coming on now. Go ahead. We're ready. Here it comes. Jesus! You hear that?
0: I haven't heard a thing. You hear
7: that? <laughs> so I heard it all right. It goes
1: on like that as long as you're turning all the way left or right.
7: Yeah, and then as soon as I straighten out, everything's great. Car runs great.
0: Uh, I had no trouble with it. Now, how how far do you have to turn the wheel before you begin to get this noise? Almost to the full stops. Almost to the full stop. And how far back do you have to come before it goes away?
7: Oh, maybe a quarter turn or something.
0: Okay, so you can still be going around almost in a big circle and it, it'll make the noise continuously. Yeah, right, right, right. And as the a matter f- of
7: fact, I tried that. That's how I got this recording. It was on a cul de sac and I made a big <laughs> circle.
0: And you just kept going around? Yeah. Yeah. And so, so if you go to the left, you get the same noise as if you go to the right? Yeah. And it's coming from the front.
7: Well, my wife thinks it's coming from the front. I thought it was coming from the back. I I I I just can't really pin it down.
0: Well, it sounds like a metal on metal noise. Yes, it, it does. does. Yeah,
7: it does. Metal on metal, that's what
0: I was thinking. And then and it just came on all of a sudden?
7: Yeah, all of a sudden. Uh it's been doing this now for uh maybe 3 or 4 months. Uh you know, and I'm Hesitant, take it in to get it to the shop. You are? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, sometimes I take it in, and, and uh, it's worse when I get it back, you know? So I figured yeah. um, maybe you guys could uh,
0: help me out here. So it wasn't making – let me get this straight now. Okay. It wasn't making any noise at all. You were perfectly content with the vehicle, and you got in it one day, and you turned the wheel all the way. Right. And, and it started making this noise, and, and it's been making it ever since. That's right.
1: Boy, that's a toughie. I mean originally I thought you had an oversized tire or something and it was hitting the the fender. No, well, before no,
0: before it's, we it's, heard the noise I thought it was just tire squeal. Yeah, but it's not. And I thought it might have been something wrong with the center differential that was causing this tire squeal, but this this sounds like metal on metal. It sounds like a a brake hanging up. It it's got 92,000 miles and
7: never had a brake job. You think that might be something to it?
0: Well, what, it wouldn't What kind of driving you do?
7: I, I'm mostly uh, highway driving. I get out and I drive over to Fredericksburg about 25 miles and back, you know.
0: I, I mean, it, to me, it, when I before I heard the noise, like I said, I thought it was a tire squeal. But once I heard the noise, it really sounded like metal on metal, and it sounded like the same kind of noise you'd get if your uh, uh, wear sensor on the brakes was hitting the disc rotor. You'd get that kind of noise that would it sounds like fingernails being dragged across a chalkboard. Right. And... It, I, I I know you're reluctant to take it anyplace because it's going to cost you money, but I think you are got to be forced to take it someplace. Yeah. I mean, the
1: fact that you've gone 92,000 miles and never done a brake job. Right. Even
0: though you're doing mostly highway driving, it is time. And and, 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 and at the very least, have someone pull the wheels and check the brakes and make sure they're all right. Because to me, it sounds like a brake problem. Okay, and, guys. And I don't think it's anything to do with the four-wheel drive, but I suppose it could be. But it doesn't sound like it. It doesn't sound like it to me. You either. know. It, and we have seen plenty of vehicles where the, where the center differential uh, doesn't work correctly, and it usually make the thing shudder at the same time. No,
7: there's no shuddering here, no vibrations.
0: Yeah. And so your, your wife thinks it's coming from the back. You think it's coming from the back.
7: Yeah, I think it's coming from the back. My wife said she thinks it's coming from the
0: front. Well, when you take it in, have them check the differential fluid, too, because uh-huh. it's possible that there's not enough lubrication in the differential. So maybe the yeah. fluid's dirty or it's low or there's a leak. So you might have them check that. But the noise, I suppose, could be coming from there, too. So we'll go with the brakes first. Uh, differential, the differential second. And uh, Martians third. <laughs> okay, well, will give it a try. But the bottom line is, take it into somebody. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, All right. before thanks, it guys. gets worse. Hey, thanks a lot. See you, John. Good luck, John. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk.
8: Hi, this is Chelsea calling from Denver.
0: Hi, Chelsea. Hi, Chelsea. This is Denver calling from Chelsea. <laughs> What's up, Chelsea?
8: Well, we've had a lot of snow. I guess you've probably heard about that.
0: Yeah, we have. Well, yeah. your, your bad fortune or good fortune is the case, maybe. I don't know, I'm sure there are people there who are relishing the idea that you're getting a lot of snow.
8: Well, it's pretty cool, but I found myself driving th- across the state through the mountains and got caught in one of the big blizzards. Oh, yeah, on top of about eleven thousand foot pass with no guardrails.
1: Oh, great!
8: And I drove about. Did nine you make hour- it? I <laughs> did, did make, make it. it? <laughs> I did make it. I'm alive. But oh. uh, it, it took some years off my life, and I'm wondering how many years it took off my car's life because I drove about three hundred miles for about nine hours in first gear um, because I couldn't break. It was solid ice. Oh yeah. So, uh, automatic transmission? Automatic. It's a 2004 Forrester turbocharge. So. Uh
0: huh. No, well, that's okay. You didn't, you didn't take any years off. Unless, unless you were doing 60 miles an hour, which it wouldn't let you do anyway. Which you weren't doing. You weren't doing, and it, it wouldn't let you do.
8: It was right under the red line for quite a bit of the time. Yeah. But never too fast.
0: Forget about it. So you were driving at 4,500, 5,000 RPM?
8: About 5,500.
0: Well, 5,500 in first gear. Mm hmm. Why were why, why you doing that?
8: Well, <laughs> it, I wouldn't start out that fast, but then it would, you know, it's, yeah. it's a steep downhill, so, you know, it would get up there and...
0: Oh, so you, in other words, without stepping on the brake, you were using only the engine to brake.
8: Right, because I couldn't, I, I don't think I braked for over 200 miles. Um, because the engine was doing all of it for yeah. me. Yeah.
0: So you had 200 miles of downhill, pretty much? Pretty much, yeah. Oh, man, how did you get stuck in this What thing? the hell? Where, have you ever heard
1: of a weather forecast? Have you ever heard of a radio? <laughs> they were wrong. <laughs> oh, they were? Yeah,
8: they said it was going to hit in the late afternoon in the Central Mountains, and I was in the southern part of the state in the morning oh. and got stuck right in the, the middle of it. Oh. Two yeah. big storms kind of piled on top of each other and
0: they can't do that
8: no they really screwed it up guys yeah. well
0: <laughs> I, if it comforts you any uh I, I don't think you did any damage but maybe you want to go ahead and change the oil because i i guess you could consider this kind of heavy heavy duty operation yeah you know okay but the transmission doesn't really care that it was in first gear that whole time and, it, and as a matter of fact I, doesn't this thing have a, a a little light that tells you if the transmission's overheating i don't know well, if it didn't come on, then I guess it did it doesn't... come on. It did?
8: No, it oh, didn't. It didn't.
0: Okay. Either you don't have the light or you're safe. You okay. know, I suppose you could have the transmission oil checked or even changed, but it's it's probably fine. Awesome. Don't worry.
8: Well, hopefully I won't be doing this again.
0: Yeah, I hope not. Yeah, next <laughs> time they forecast snow, just stay home just to be on the safe stay side. Stay home. Or stay yeah. put, wherever that may be. Yeah. Because you you've learned not to trust them. Yeah. <laughs> bye <Bye-bye>. bye. Thanks. <laughs> All right, look, we have more callers on hold, but they're going to have to wait until after the break. Well, it's not very nice, is it? What are they supposed to do? Sit there and listen to music on hold? Well, they probably prefer that to listening to the show, do you think? <laughs> yeah, they're probably thinking, hey, I got a break here. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we're going to take a short break, and, and then we'll be back with the new puzzler and more of your car questions, so please don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a minute.
1: As I went where the house was then, used to be a two-run track. Winding up the fields of corn Past the old shack I can still remember Like it was yesterday Bouncing down that 2 right track At his old model A He'd give it a crank And then give thanks And that old guy would stop You could hear him grinding gears As he rolled on past the barn. Mama would shout from up at the house, don't be driving so fast. Daddy would wave and holler, okay, give her just a little more gas. He would bounce and bark and then get stuck down by the line of bush. Daddy Daddy would laugh and point to the the back and we'd all get out and push. Just a hunk of rust and a cloud of dust, that's what Mama would say, we knew better because
0: daddy with let a letter sheet. After that, my Ha! We're back. You're listening to Car Talk with us, Click and Clack, the Tappet Brothers, and we're here to discuss uh, cars and car repair. And, of course, right now, the, the new puzzler. I can hardly and wait. I should have done this last week, but, uh, you know, it took me a while. It took a lot of soul searching. But 2007 is, is here. I mean, unless you've been Indeed. asleep for a week or so, you. you you missed, You didn't miss it, right? <laughs> and, and with it, you know, with the new year come, you know, innovations and changes and, of course, another year of car talk, unfortunately, and, of course, the inevitable New Year's resolutions. Ah. So in keeping with the spirit of the new year and its resolutions, I've decided uh, to make a strong effort, strong effort to improve the quality of the puzzler. Really? It shouldn't be too difficult when you're at rock bottom. It's pretty easy <laughs> to go up. But I further, yes, indeed. <laughs> I further resolve to make the puzzler more straightforward and succinct. Okay? More straightforward, yes. less, and less obfuscation? Less clouded with obfuscation and misinformation and misleading statements. Really? Yes. Statements. This yes. Is a big change. Unless, of course, I just can't help myself. Okay, okay. <laughs> and so to this end, I submit the following puzzler with the help of someone named Bill Horowitz who actually sent in this idea. Yeah. Okay, ready? Sure. Just like uh, 2006, 2007 has 365 days, right? Yeah. Of those 365 days, which day will be the shortest day of the year? Mm-hmm. 2007. Which of, two th- which of those 365 days will be the shortest day of the year? Now, if you think you know the answer, engrave it on the side of a Forno Bravo Artigiano 120 brick pizza oven with steel door, ceramic insulating blanket, three-piece oven tool set, infrared temperature gauge, and a pallet of pomodori peeled tomatoes. <laughs> We're planning on having a family reunion. And send it to Puzzler Tower, Car Talk Plaza, Box 3500, Harvard Square, Cambridge, Our Fair City, Matt 02238. Or you can email us your answer from cartalk.com. But right now... If you have a car question for us, we're at 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hi
3: there. My name is Matt Evans from Oakland, California.
0: Hey, Matt. What's going on?
3: Well, I have a, a new Subaru Legacy, and it has a gas meter that I don't either I don't understand how a gas meter works, or I don't understand how a gas pedal works.
0: A gas meter? gas meter is what you have outside your house.
3: <laughs> the, thing that, <laughs> the thing that tells you how much gas you're using. As you yes, drive. yes. Yeah. It gives, you a, it gives you a number of miles per gallon, but I've found that I can drive at 55 and hold the gas pedal in exactly the same place. And depending on what gear I am, it tells me I'm using a different amount of gas.
0: Of course. So you have a stick shift transmission? It is a stick shift, yeah. So yeah. at 50 miles an hour, you're either in fourth gear or fifth gear. Yeah. Right? And, when and it'll
1: in... make a difference how much gas you use, whether you're in fourth, fifth. Think about the extreme. What if you stayed in first gear and went 50
0: miles an hour?
1: You'd use a ton of
0: of gas. Right. You'd you'd, you'd have a lot of power at your disposal. So if you 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 were doing 50 miles an hour, you couldn't do it, first of all, and you wouldn't. But if you could do 50 miles an hour in, in, in first gear, if you stepped on the gas, the thing would lunge forward because you'd have a lot of what's called mechanical advantage. And you need that to overcome the inertia of the car and get it started from a dead stop. But once the car is moving... You go up through the gears and get less and less mechanical advantage, and you make the engine turn slower for a given uh, vehicle speed. There must be a tachometer
1: in this vehicle, right? Yeah, there is. And have you noticed that when you're driving in a
0: lower gear, the tachometer is running at a higher number? Yeah, definitely. So the faster you make the engine turn, okay, the the poorer your mileage is going to be for the same speed. So when you're in fourth gear, the engine is turning at, say, you know, 3200 rpm and in fifth gear it's probably turning at 2600 well 2600 is going to get you the better reading on that instant mile per gallons gauge yep and it it does and what's going to happen don't look at that thing too carefully while you're trying to optimize your mileage you're going to rear end a tanker truck (laughs) i know when we first (laughs) test drove the the toyota prius it has that display on the dash which, which tells you you know when you're getting regenerative braking and putting energy back into the batteries and 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 uh, when you're using the engine power and it's a very cute little display with with blue and and red arrows I can't tell you how many people I almost rear ended at that thing because I was interested in seeing how much I could optimize the, the regenerative braking and, and how much better mileage I could get yeah. by doing that. And I'm sure everyone who buys a Prius has had a few close calls until they realize they should turn that stupid thing <laughs> off. Anyway, stay in fifth when you're on the highway. You'll get your best mileage there, Matt.
3: Wonderful. Thank you. Guys. Thanks for your
0: call. Thank you. Bye bye. Eight 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 Car Talk. That's eight 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 two two seven eight two five five. Hello, you're on Car Talk.
6: This is Sue. I'm calling from Scranton, Pennsylvania.
0: Hi, Sue. What's what? what's, what's going on?
6: Well, I, I uh, just moved here from Texas, and uh, wow, my, yeah, I know it's a big change, but
0: uh, <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to ask you about that later. But yeah, well, here's
6: the problem. My husband has got a 2002 Dodge Dakota Sport Light Pickup. Okay. And it is not a four-wheel drive. We bought it when we lived in the flatland, and now we have moved to the very hilly country, and it's winter time. And I don't know if you're familiar with the Dakota, but um, on flat pavement, when it's wet, it'll fishtail. It's got terrible traction since it's not a four-wheel drive. And my Uh husband's trying to figure out a way to increase his traction in this truck because he's got to drive it. He's um, very proud of his Scottish heritage and he's not ready to get rid of the car yet. It's oh, you mean he's cheap? Is that, is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> well, he's an accountant, too. So that, that, oh, uh, brother. Oh, he's a
0: bean counter. <laughs> he is. He oh, is. Geez.
6: So we're, we're looking for a no-cost solution, and he's come up with one. Yeah. Go ahead. What is it? Okay, he's got a bed liner in the bed of the truck. It's, you know, one of those plastic yeah, sure. corrugated ones. He wants to fill the bed of the truck with water and let it freeze. <laughs> now, now here's, here's the thought. Because of the bed liner, you know, there's room for expansion and contraction. It's not going to damage the frame of the bed. Um, you know, it adds a lot of weight. Doesn't cost anything. And if it's hot and the you know the ice melts, then the roads are probably clear and you don't need the extra weight anyways. Yeah. So, it, why is this a bad idea?
1: Uh, it's, <laughs> it's pre- I think it's a pretty good idea. <laughs> is <Isn't> it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, clever, it's clever.
6: Well. The other choice is like, you know, cement blocks or bags of sand. And his thought was you get in an accident and those things are flying around and, you know, they're dangerous.
0: Well, so will the ice.
6: If the whole bed is frozen, do you think it would? I don't know.
1: Well, the thing is that if it's uh, sort of frozen, uh huh, that's not so great because it's going to be floating around in there, too.
6: And then ice is Going to be a projectile, just like a yeah, a block. Okay. Well, here's the other option. I yeah. Have.
0: Let's go to plan. What's plan okay. B look well, like? Well,
6: plan B is we moved up here in the house we bought had a washer and dryer already, so I've got a washer and dryer sitting out in the garage. Can I just strap them in the bed of the truck?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, probably the safest thing to put in the truck is sand. Okay.
6: Okay. Just bags of sand, or
0: even just loose sand.
6: Okay. Oh, I mean, okay. it's not
0: going to be a unified, you know, a monolithic projectile. Okay. If you have an accident, <laughs> yeah. I mean, somebody may. Get Get a, you know, a, a, a face full of sand, okay. but it's not likely to, you know, be a 600-pound projectile that goes through someone's windshield. Okay. I, I had a similar uh, idea a few years ago. I used to own a Dodge Dakota pickup. Okay. And it had terrible traction because it was only two-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. And it was my first pickup, and you know, and, and I, I was smitten when I saw it. And every guy has that moment in his life when he has to have a pickup truck. Yeah. Yes,
1: absolutely. And, I, and, I and the it.
0: first thing he does is go buy a 4x8 sheet of plywood. <laughs>
1: I did. He has I have no idea what he's going to do with it.
0: I but, bought sheetrock. In fact, <laughs> I didn't yes. I didn't have anything to sheetrock, but I bought some anyway. Yeah, sure. The hall
1: stuff. That's true.
0: Yeah. That's and, and then, of course, I, I I realized that it had lousy traction, mm-hmm. and I had this brilliant idea that I would fill up the bed with firewood. Okay. And and out firewood, which I would burn. So every night I would go into the house and I'd carry in a bunch of pieces. And as the winter wore on, yeah, I would use up the firewood, and of course I would need less and less traction because winter would be the fury of winter would have diminished less snow less traction needed okay. less firewood right it was brilliant yeah mm-hmm. yeah except i grew some funny looking mushrooms and oh. stuff <laughs> it, was, it was pretty ugly i mean i guess the wood wasn't as dry as i had hoped okay. but i think sand might be a good idea for your husband
6: okay and then what about snow tires is that snow they tires are, make snow tires anymore yeah, absolutely they do, they
0: do necessary. make snows and snow tires are great idea he's okay. gonna have snow tires
6: okay all right yeah. so and we're gonna gonna have to unclutch the wallet and pay for some snow tires oh that's yeah. gonna kill him and some sand too S- well the sand you know it'll be like a mobile sandbox the kids will get a kick out of that so, so, uh, so how long so. are
0: you going to be in scranton pennsylvania i mean is this a, a temporary assignment no or?
6: no this is uh hopefully for good we like it here so. you do, you do yeah we're
0: beautiful in, Where in texas had you lived dallas Dallas. And and you're from Dallas?
6: No, actually, we were from Cleveland, Ohio. Ah. Dallas was a big culture shock, and uh, Scranton is... It's a little bit more like what we were used to, but it's a lot hillier than what yeah, we were used to. Yeah, more
0: like home. And, <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, this, this 02 Dakota has a lot of life left in it.
6: Yeah, it does. And, and we'll be driving it till my daughter, who's 12, has her license, I'm sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: and then she'll wrap it around a tree, and you can get a nice four-wheel drive.
6: There you go. There Good you luck, go. Sue. All right. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate your advice.
0: Sure. Hey, say right, bye-bye. Bye. car I mean, the idea of the water was appealing. I I think It was interesting. Yeah, you liked it. I did like it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you could
0: maybe put it in those kiddie pools, you know, right, and get that thing to... I don't know. There was something nice about the ice. Well, if you're parked on a hill, I mean, it used to happen that my pickup used to fill up with water when I had the bed liner in there. Yeah, And great. I'd be parked on a hill, and I'd have this, this block of ice that would be at, like, a 30-degree angle. It was always interesting to... Yeah, this. I mean, did never just roll out (laughs) oh every time you floored it the thing would slide and crash into the tailgate and then when you stopped the thing would slam against it it was a stupid idea (laughs) 888 car talk that's 888-227-8255 hi guys
9: this is godfrey calling from durham north carolina hi Godfrey.
0: godfrey how are you
9: i'm just fine i'm just fine but you need to help me out okay a couple of weeks ago uh, you made a comment on the show that said that when you're getting ready to stop in a manual transmission, uh, you didn't need to step on the clutch. You might be wearing out the clutch. Mm-hmm. I tried that, and, of course, I'm a person of a certain amount of dignity. I had to hold my head up very high as my car sputtered
1: <laughs> <off>.
9: <laughs> <laughs> and then shuddered to a stop.
1: Oh, oh. oh.
0: you may have misunderstood, I'm afraid. You may
1: have. What we meant was as you are slowing down you want to get out of gear yeah while you're still moving yeah so it's not going to be that you're ever jerking back and forth because by the time it gets to that speed
0: you're already in neutral or you've stepped on the clutch one or the other but but you so you would slow down if you let's say you were doing 30 miles an hour in third gear yeah and you saw up ahead that the light had turned red or you see a stop sign or whatever you would leave it in third gear and step on the brake, and you wouldn't necessarily downshift into second. You could just leave it there, and you could just keep going slower and slower and slower. At some point, you might be going too slow for third gear. If the light turns green, you step on the clutch, shift into second, and take off. But if you have to stop, you can merely coast to the stop after you've shifted out of third into neutral. So when okay, you're down to like five miles an hour, you take it out of third gear and pop it into neutral.
9: Well, see, the, your answer, though, is part of my question. Yeah. I need to know where I can go to get good information about how to drive a manual.
1: Oh. oh. Because, you see,
9: I had a friend who taught me, but he used to say things like, listen to the engine. And oh. all I hear is whining and... Moaning <laughs> <laughs> and sputtering and spitting yeah. and all so the Every time I shift into gear now, I feel uncertain. And yeah. So I wanted to know where can I get good information. You know, how do I know how and when to press on the clutch? Yeah. You know, how to shift gears? How do I even know I'm in trouble?
0: Yeah, well, no we really we know you're in trouble all right. <laughs> no, that's that's <laughs> Well, this is this is good. what is this is what led to the uh discovery of the automatic transmission. <laughs> Not the invention rather, the discovery. And I and I think that you may be one of those people who could benefit immensely from having an automatic transmission. <laughs> Because I, I think most people who get stick shift cars do so because they are uh, they want to feel connected to the car.
9: Connected, I feel. Yeah. yeah. That's what I don't, I don't like what I feel when I feel connected. Yeah. 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 So
0: I, don't, I think you want to be disconnected. And the easiest way to get disconnected is to, is to have an automatic transmission car. You put the thing in D. And for the most part, it figures out what to do.
9: Well, I mean, that, that, that's, you know, if, if God had intended us to drive from manual transmission cars, he wouldn't have invented automatic transmission. Exactly. Well, and and there are okay, all uh-huh. different
0: uh-huh.
1: kinds of people. I have a son who's 25 years old. He hates automatic transmissions. And he has a car, has always had a car, with a stick shift.
0: And he loves driving a stick shift.
9: Has he has he seen someone about this?
0: Yeah. <laughs> he should see somebody. He should see someone. But, I, I mean, I, while I do enjoy myself driving a stick shift car, I enjoy it for half an hour. I love stick shifts. You all do. my cars have always been stick shifts because they've been little convertible things. And it's been lucky for you that you've had all these cars with stick shifts because they're easier to push that. <laughs> well, Garfield, I don't know where you're going to go to get the kind of information. All if, you can do is find a good
1: friend who... Really knows about it,
0: okay? And it might take a one-hour lesson.
1: No, it'll right. take more than that. It'll take forever. <laughs> it, does, let, it does. It you'll never what learn. What you no, me, Buy you. an
0: automatic.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, and you may not be a stick shift kind of guy.
9: But I was so looking forward to having my little, you know, pork chop hat and a, yeah. you know, a little stick shift and driving around the neighborhood going. Win, win. Yeah. Oh, so well,
1: you are. Well, sometimes our dreams are nightmares. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> So, and this may be the case in your case.
1: <laughs> has
9: been up to this point. Good luck, Godfrey. Yeah, you, you, little, so you,
0: you know what you need? Your next car, you have to have what's called auto shift. You know, yeah. these, these automatics that you can drive as a manual. Uh, that you can shift through the gears and pretend. It doesn't have a clutch. But it'll, you can upshift and downshift it by moving these paddles on the steering wheel and pretend that you're driving a stick shift car. <laughs> yeah. That'll work. Yeah, you get, yeah. The, you get the pork pie hat with it.
9: <laughs> See you later, man. Thank you, thank you so much. Bye bye. Stay See away, from,
0: stay away from sharp objects. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs> well, it's happened again. You've wasted another perfectly good hour listening to car talk. Hmm. Our esteemed producer is Doug, the subway fugitive, not a slave to fashion. Bongo Boy Berman. Our associate producers are Louis Cronin, the Barbarian, and David Gibraltar Green. Our senior web blackie is Doug the Old Gray Mayor. Our engineer is John Cartman Parati. We had special help this week from Catherine Ray, who's uh, filling Catherine in. Catherine Ray Fenolosa. Catherine Ray Fenelosa. Yes. Uh, otherwise known as Frau Bluka? No. <laughs> and our technical, spiritual, and menu advisor, just back from the Dar es Salaam, Lemon Bomb, Papa Dom, Eggplant Parm, Lucky Charm, and Tree Alarm, Mom Weight Loss Farm, is John Bugsy Lawler. Our public opinion pollster is Paul Murky of Murky Research, assisted by statistician Margin of Our customer care representative is Heywood Jabuzov. Our personal makeup artist is Bud Tugley. Our investment management company is Poor Lee Endowed. Our chief negotiator is Nicole and Dime. (laughs) Our PowerPoint producer is Boris Tadeff. Our Russian chauffeur is Picoff and Dropoff guest accommodations are provided by the Horseshoe Road Inn, in and the head of our working mother support group is erasmus b dragon our chief counsel from the law firm of dewey cheatham and Howe is you lewis dewey known to the angry mob trying to return car talk holiday merchandise in harvard square as yui Louie dewey thanks so much for listening we're click and clack the tappert brothers and remember don't drive like my brother but
1: remember this don't yes.
0: drive like my brother <laughs> we'll be back next week bye bye CDs of this show, which is number 702, along with Car Talk clothing, audio collections, and other Car Talk gifts, are available at 888-CAR-JUNK or by going to the shameless commerce division of our website, cartalk.com. Also this week at cartalk.com, how to be a good customer to your mechanic.
1: Ah, you turned it around, didn't you? Mm. Instead of how to be a good mechanic for your customers,
0: you're putting the onus on the customer to be a good customer... For the mechanic, I like it. Well, I'm not putting the onus on anybody. I'm just saying, you know, if you want to drive out without sawdust in your transmission, (laughs) you might want to follow a few of these recommendations. Yeah, okie (laughs) dokie. Check out how to be a great customer, if you want to, all week
1: at cartalk.com.